Uh-oh. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. Thanks for tuning in to Midweek Jam with Rhonda and Jules. We are helping dental assistants get over the hump of the week Wednesday. Jules and I have been dental assisting for a long time. We may not be experts, but we sure are old. (laughs) What we're doing is we're going online. We're finding that some dental assistants are running into humps with their team, with their dentist, with the career field. We are dissecting them, pulling out those pearls, and helping you get over the hump of the week Wednesday. Well, hello, Miss Jules. How are you? Well, hello, Miss Randa. Happy hump day. Happy hump day. What an amazing day. <laughs> it totally is an amazing day. I don't know if, if it's going to be or not, but it is already. <laughs> Do you have one of those eight balls where you can see the future? Not today, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to say that. I just want to shake it and be like, Sorry, not today. <laughs> I love it. I love it. What's the other things an eight ball says? Well, it's the, it's, what is that other one? It's like um, the worst part about Wednesday is when you realize it's not Friday. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So true. Oh, guess what happened to me today? Too much of this. <laughs> so, okay. We have a patient comes in for an emergency exam. Um, necrosis of number five. I mean, the thing's, you know, broken off to the gum line. We are going to extract it, right? Um, we give like one septo, two carbos, take out the tooth, non-surgical, right? Super simple extraction. Uh, you know, I let him wait five minutes, change out the gauze. He's clotting great. We go up front and I noticed like he's shaking. Like, and I was like, okay, this is like not normal. He's like, yeah. He's like, I've had a lot of teeth taken out. I've never shook like this. So he was having like some type of fight or flight response, I guess, from the epi and the septo. And so here's where I love the fact that I'm old. <laughs> I knew not right away. Old, okay. I knew, well, older. I knew right away. We're going back to the op. So I lay him down, get his feet elevated, put him on oxygen. I put a wet cloth on his head and I just let him just sit there for 10 minutes and I monitored him. And I was like, you know, every three minutes I'd ask him, you know, how are you doing? Are the symptoms subsiding? Um, and then my doctor comes back. She's like, what happened? I'm like, I had to do it. I was like the worst case. And she even told me of a situation where, um, a patient had a reaction and the office didn't catch it and they went and got in their car and then had a car accident. There's a name to it, whatever reaction that is. And, uh, I was like, well, what is it? Anaphylactis. No, that's like an allergy. Syncope? Maybe syncope. That sounds good. I like that word. Let's do that one. <laughs> um, syncope but, is like where they're going to faint. Yeah. Okay. That's what it is. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and so like, she was like, good job, Rhonda. I was like, dude, yeah. I was like, I, I didn't need to stop and ask my doctor what to do. You know, I just, over the years, you kind of were like, okay, this is not normal. I need to go above and beyond and make right. sure the patient gets right. And, uh, and it was just, you know knee-jerk reaction. I guess I imagine this one time I did have to call 911. Gosh, it was like, hmm, blah, 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 nine years ago. Yeah. 
about nine years ago. Um, but it was because of a postural induced seizure. Right. So you had them tipped up probably. Well, she got anesthetic and we let her sit up and bam, bam, hit so fast. And like, I caught her in my arms cause she was convulsing out of the chair. And so I did the, you know, the grass is green. I was like, you call 911. And we started getting the oxygen hooked up and then EMS got there. Um, but it's just like these little things, like there's a reason we go through all this training. Mm-hmm. Now, whether it's a smaller reaction, like my patient had today, or, you know, something more significant, like when I did have to call 911, um, there's a right. reason that we do this annually with the CPR certifications and, and just training with your team, like to communicate and, and, you know, do these dry runs so that when it actually does happen, you don't mm-hmm. pause, you don't stop to think. Cause I'm, I guarantee old Rhonda 15 years ago, it would have been like, Hey doc, um, uh, um, I think my patient up front is a little shaky. I'm just, you know, so, but it's like, no, I don't ask permission. I just do what needs to be done. Right. Well, it was kind of exciting. At least the patient's okay though. <laughs> yeah. He was totally fine. Totally fine. Crazy. I've only had that happen once we had to bring during a sedation, bring a patient down to urgent care. They were in the same building. So that was good. Cause his heart was like going right, to come right out of his chest. Oh, mm-hmm. and they failed to tell us, you know, cause patients don't tell you their whole medical history. God forbid if they did, but he had high blood pressure and he never told us. Yep. And it's probably, uh, you know, here's 15 lidos. Oh, it was normal. Yeah. But then when all that medication and he probably didn't take his high blood pressure medicine that morning, so on and so forth. Yep. Yep. The perfect storm. Yeah, I had to give him a little reversal agent. This one time, we had a sedation patient, and she was like a, a drug user. And I remember my doctor was like, Rhonda, can you find an IV? I'm like, I, I, can you find a vein? I'm like, I can't find. And she was super skinny and like super dehydrated, no vein. Mm-hmm. So like 10 minutes into it, he goes through her toes. He found a vein on her foot. Oh between the big toe and the second toe and started the IV down there. It was wild. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> it's not like it hurts. Yikes. Well, got it done. She was uh, sedated nice and good. <laughs> we've had, I've had some funny sedation patients. So I had one sedation patient it was hilarious. The whole, whole appointment. I can't wait. I'm going to get out of here and get my hair done. Oh yeah, man. I'm getting it all done. <laughs> and we're thinking you ain't going nowhere but home and going to sleep. <laughs> And oh my God, even right up to the time I was bringing her down the wheelchair and her mom picked her up. Oh, yep. Mom, I got to get to my appointment. Mm-hmm. She's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Next thing I know, like I get her out of the wheelchair and I put her all in there comfy. I turn around to fold the wheelchair. <laughs> you know, <laughs> snoring away. I'm like, yeah, she's going to get her hair done. All right. <laughs> well, you know, especially lately, these viral videos of these people coming out of their wisdom teeth extraction appointments, you know, parents are just you know, taking all these videos of their kids. I oh think I God. saw one, I didn't turn the sound on, but it, it, from her reaction, she thought her tongue fell out because a, a wet oh. gauze came out of her mouth that was bloody. It was all, it was all bloody. <laughs> she said, my tongue fell out. Oh my gosh. Speaking of viral videos, I thought Dr. Elliot's, Aaron Elliot's video was awesome to the nine. He's so awesome. It was so cool. I think we should be in their next one. So Dr. Elliot, if you're listening, Rhonda and I would like to be cast in your next videos, please. <laughs> yes. 
Sign me up. I'll wait in line right now. Snap. I got the power. (laughs) (laughs) And it ain't in a CPAP machine. Yes. (laughs) We'll come up with the lyrics, Dr. Elliot. And then all you have to do is tell us where to go. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Oh, well, Miss Jules, do you have a post? I do. I do. Let's get on it. Let's get on it. Jump on it. All righty. <laughs> so this, well, whatever. It's Wednesday. <sighs> okay. So this is out of the Dental Assistance Worldwide group, and it is an anonymous post from a group member. So I hope you're listening out there, Miss Anonymous Post from group member. Or Mr. Mr. Mm, sure. Ooh, you never know. I work the back at a surgical office. I work with a manager who is legit crazy. She is controlling and has to know what's going on all period, the period, time, front to back. If a patient is sedated, she will come back and ask how long until we're finished. Ride wants to know. Two, the patient receipt she puts in the post-op bag. Three, comes back and to say the ride is here. Four, (laughs) comes back to drop off a note to write up a post-op. Dude, like I don't know how to do that. Any and everything she comes back for. Tuesday, I counted 42 times she came through the back from the front. I ran into her yesterday three times, once with dirty instruments. There are two other girls who work with her, and between the two of them, only seven times did they come back on Tuesday. Her huge amount of foot traffic is not only scary for safety reasons, but is also disruptive. I avoid her at all costs because she likes to hunt me down, corner me, and gossip. Mm. I am so upset about this. I have worked with her for 10 years, and now it's always been, now it's gotten worse. Please help. She's my manager. She has told me over the years that she has to stretch her legs and get a break from the girls up front. We have an intercom system, people, (laughs) that she should never uses, but everyone else does. No reason for her to keep coming back. Today at 930, she's already been back here six times. The other two girls, only once. Oh, Dikes. Yeah, you're going to need to have a come to Jesus meeting with your dentist. Yeah. He is your manager. You are going to need to find mm-hmm. a comment box somewhere. <laughs> That's yeah. unacceptable. That's too much. It's not right. You got to separate church and state. Well, and I think it's, it is, I think she has some good valid points. It's very distracting. It's unsafe. She already ran into her dirty instruments. Now, were those dirty instruments in a closed, locked puncture proofed instrument holder probably not so hopefully she didn't get hurt or poked or whatever well hopefully they were but i could see where it's becoming a distraction to her to getting the work done because they're getting interrupted yeah yeah well i mean here you can only do you can only take so much if she's gone a whole decade with you know what are they called a Karen model mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, for, <laughs> for the administrative office. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, that's too much. It's just too much. And um, if it were me and I were her or him, I would definitely, you know, it's going to be, she's going to be confrontational if you approach it. 
Um, right. Like you said, she's a gossiper, so she's not going to handle this lightly normally. Um, it'll just cause an issue. But there's got to be right. a way, like in a staff meeting, where you can group it all together. If you can at least bring it up to somebody, but not call names, and then maybe from the top down with your leadership, they can say, "Okay, let's let's clearly define front and back, and and when it's when it's needed to 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 intertwine, <laughs> so that you know everybody can be productive. Because if you're not at the front desk, that means you're not answering phone calls, you're not greeting patients as they come right. in." You're not checking insurances. Like if you're in the back, then you're not in your proper job description. Oh, absolutely. And the, the thing is, I, you know, like I said, her, her points are valid, but she's Jean and like a helicopter manager, like a helicopter parent, you know, they're constantly up in your business. Yeah. So she's more of a helicopter manager. She's not a leader. She's not letting you be accountable for your own actions and she's not having trust in you there. So there's some type of trust issue. Um, or, you know, like you said, she's not busy enough, so she doesn't have enough to do. Maybe there's too many people working up front and I need to reevaluate re the situation because I know I come back once in a while and I walk around the office, but I'm asking, do you need any help? Do you need anything? Nope. Okay. Is everything good? but I'm not doing things that would interrupt their workflow. Yeah. So, Ugh. you know, we've yeah. all had that. I definitely, mm -hmm. I definitely think she should bring it up in a meeting and saying that, you know, when we're with sedation patients, please don't interrupt us, you know, or when we're doing this, it's very distracting when people come to interrupt us to workflow or, you know, God forbid the dentist makes a mistake and starts drilling the wrong tooth because he got interrupted. Yeah. You know, they could, right? Yeah. Well, it's it's a like time consolidation. Mm -hmm. like, you know, if if you're gonna do it, do it once an hour when there's no patients or somebody's getting walked out. Like, if if you can't stop the way that they have habits, <laughs> mm -hmm. at least try and manipulate them to where they're less um, interactive, or you know what I mean. They're less disruptive. Yeah. What you said? Yes, less disruptive. Yep. Yeah. But then I was also, it made me feel in, insecure that I wasn't doing my job right. Yeah. All the time. You know, that I was constantly being watched or constantly being done or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah, Interesting. That, that would weigh on you. You know, it if would. nobody trusts you, especially, I think, you know. Yeah, she should bring it to the attention of everybody else. And then if it doesn't get resolved, just go right to the source. You know, yeah. you can't keep working like that, though. That's so, you know, who wants to work like that? Well, it would compound. Every week you get, you get agitated even more until you're going to be like that boiler and erupt. <laughs> and then mm -hmm. nothing good comes from that because then you don't have like cohesive thoughts and cuss words come out. <laughs> <laughs> no cuss words at work. No cuss words at work. No cuss words at work. Well, so do you I, have I a post this week? What? I said, do you have a post this week? I, oh, I do, I do, I do. Are you ready? <clears throat> yeah, I'm ready. Okay, Dental Assistance Worldwide Group, of course. Our group of choice. It does well with an S Merlot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's anonymous. It's smooth and oaky. It's with a nutty note, you know. <laughs> A nutty no. Okay. <laughs> uh, so this is actually an anonymous post as well. 
We've gotten a lot of those lately, which I love. I do because, you know, some people just, you know, don't ask or don't look for advice because they're too embarrassed or they want to remain, remain anonymous. And that's perfectly good. I mean, that's the whole point of having groups like this where everybody's like-minded and, and literally well, all sides of the spectrum. And nowadays people are screenshotting crap. Oh yeah. You know, and being unprofessional or untrustworthy in the groups and, and it's getting back to employers or the people they're talking about. So that's not fair to the person. No. You know? Yep. No, they, I, they I like to, it. They come to this group for, you know, uh, support and they come to it for, to be, you know, find some new friendships and network. And then someone does crap like that. You know, it's not good. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. You and you can't, that. you know, better safe than sorry. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah, so if it free. is something that could impede your employment. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Are you ready? So it says anonymous away, anonymous away. So has anyone ever else had a doctor grab the HVE suction and your hand forcefully to reposition you? I have never in all my years till now had this happen. I was pretty taken aback. I also have a spot on the top of my ring finger that has some nerve damage from an old injury. So during the grabbing, she hurt me. I'm kind of funny about being touched. It's happened a couple of times now. It just, this time it hurt, which caused me to speak up. Thoughts? All right, you go first. What are your thoughts? Okay. Um, yeah, not okay. <laughs> no forceful grabbing is needed. Your, your leader is not communicating properly. And if they can't verbalize what they want you to do and they go and be aggressive and, you know, it was just like we talked about Jules last week, but the whole pencil lead in that mm -hmm. chick's arm, you've got to communicate. And if your boss can't, then you need to start the conversation. Hey doc. Right. Just like you, you talk about Jules, like the calibration after the appointment, how do we avoid this? It should have never happened in the first place, but you have to speak up for yourself. Be like, I'm not mm -hmm. okay with it. I'm not okay with this. If I'm in your way, you need to communicate with me and tell me I'm in your way. Yeah. And there's and words that they can use like move to the lingual, move to the buckle, <laughs> move to the occlusal, yep. move back behind. I mean, they don't have to yank it out of your hand and grab your hand and move it. Because one, it doesn't look professional in, the, in front of the patient. Because if you think the patient's not paying attention taken. I mean, most of the time they're looking around and their eyes are on, you know, a swivel and, you know, they're, they're hearing what's going on and stuff like that. So it's definitely something that you could just, and if you're a dentist listening to this, excuse me, I don't know, it says 3.30, my kid went off to Hawaii. So um, if you're a dentist that's listening to this, how about you just have an attitude approach with it and just ask your assistant to better suction or retract over here nicely and just show them and guide them the way you want it instead of yanking it out of our hands. And especially now she's had an injury. Yikes. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, this happens all the time though. I mean, this is just one post, but we see it all the time where the dentists don't communicate with the assistants. And maybe, maybe we're not quite there yet. Maybe we don't understand line of sight, or maybe we're not comfortable handling the HV in certain predicaments. I know I struggle when it's the maxillary left, you know, and I know I struggle right. just trying to retract that cheek when I'm that close to it. So, mm -hmm. you know, maybe it was just the perfect storm 
for that dentist to be like, you know what, or you know what, <laughs> I have a lot of ors, don't I? So what if the assistant, what if the doctor, because we only heard one side, right? What if the doctor has repeatedly asked the assistant to move the HVE or to pay attention to where she needs to be or where she needs to see? And maybe it just accumulates that way. So like, there's no way of knowing, but if I were her, I would put my foot down and say, you know what? This is, this is not okay. If, if I'm not what you want, you need to train me to be what you want. And if right. I'm not picking up what you're putting down, there's no need to grab the HPE from me. Just use your words. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a grown up. It's called C-O-M-M-U-N-I-C-A-T-I-O-N. Communication. That's what it is. Communication. <laughs> that's what it is. And they lack it. They lack communication. Mm-hmm. You know? Don't be afraid to speak up. I think that's the issue too, is sometimes we have a tendency not to speak up. I think it would be great if you went to your doctor and say, Hey, I noticed the other day that you repositioned my suction. How can I do that better for you? Cause one, you're going to look like the better person. Cause she's going to be like, yeah, I was a big jerk. I kind of mm-hmm. was rough. Oh man. But you've turned it and you've put a spin on it. Like in a positive light, like, Hey, so how can I be better? How can I help you? Yep. And she'd be like, oh, well, you could do it like this. So now she's feeling like a jerk. And now she made me think you're approachable with those types of constructive criticism. Yep. So now you can be like, you know, hey, how can we work better? Or she can be like, oh, you know what, Julie? If you just retracted this tongue with the mirror facing towards me and not away from me, the tongue would stay in position better. And I'd be like, yay, I'll do it my own way. Thanks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stubborn and I don't do it that way. Don't tell me how to do my job after 28 years. You've only been a dentist for 10. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm very adaptable to change. Except for when you want your burrs all in a row. Forget that. <laughs> the block, Here's one man. with the loops on, Doc. I can't see the definition. Oh, my Lord. On my side of the chair. <laughs> but I think, I think this, this assistant, he or she, whatever they may be, should go to that dentist and say, Hey, you know what? The other day I was just thinking back, I was reflecting on my dental assisting and I noticed that you had grabbed the suction a couple times to reposition it. How can I be better to you? What do I need to do to improve? I think they would like that. And if they don't get your resume together and start looking. Cause you need a leader that communicates guys. That's mm-hmm. a, it's a, one of those cornerstone things. Like uh, your your situation's never going to change if if you're the people that you work for can't communicate effectively with you. There's no, it was it, just it, it's it, just going to be one thing after another that goes wrong, and it's a two way street. Yep, it's a two way street. You can't you won't have a job without her, right? If she closed up her office tomorrow, you're out of a job. Our whole jo- purpose is a dental assistant, you know, a dentist assistant. Um, and they can't really get through their procedures without us in, in efficiency and all that stuff. So we both need each other. We just have to learn how to work better together. So that's the goal for you next week, their anonymous poster. Hmm. Communicate, speak up, mm-hmm. and be brave. And it's okay to know your weaknesses, guys. Yeah. It's really okay because that helps you. And it makes you look like a better person. It really if you does. are the type of person that says, I did not do anything wrong. Oh no, it wasn't you get me. Get defensive. Yep. 
do you know how many times in my old office I would say, where's that? It wasn't me. I'd like to talk to that. It wasn't me. I felt like we had an extra person because everything <laughs> something happened. It wasn't me. <laughs> oh, that's so true. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Well, where the heck is it wasn't me? Bring them to me, please. <laughs> I would like to speak to them. Own your own mistakes, people. Own your own mistakes. Uh, it's the minute that you realize maybe you're not so good at some things, but that's where you find out how you can grow. You know, it's like the whole self-reflection thing. I really like yeah. when I'm told, you know, what I could do better because it's mm -hmm. great direction. And you know what? I get better because now I'm, I, I'm motivated. I'm going to prove my right. wrong. I got this. <laughs> I'm going to go tomorrow and do everything wrong. So I can be told how to do it right. <laughs> fresh. Hey, I don't know it all either. I mean, you don't know it all. I don't know it all. I'm not an expert. I learn new things every single day. Um, I learned today how to bond, uh, or yesterday I've been working on my implant skills, getting them all down. So my custom T base or something came from a Zento, the implants through Densibly. And I had to mill the crown. I did that. And I've gotten that down to a science where I line up that hole on that block. Like it's going down. Someone's business. <laughs> and then milled it. I stained and glazed it. And then he showed me how to put it to the abutment. So that all we have to do is screw it in, screw the abutment in and boom, it's all done. I love so it. You know so what? It, if, if it were up to me, I know anteriors aren't ideal, but screw retain crowns, period and dot makes so much sense. You know, cause if, if it needs to be tightened, you can go through the hole, you know, take out whatever composite or temporary, you know, a lot of people put different stuff in there, but it's so much, I mean, because you see it more than once, Jules, where these crowns come in loose and you don't know if it's the crown and you don't know if it's the abutment, the you don't know if it's the implant mm -hmm. because you, you can't take it apart and look at it. <laughs> yep. I don't like that. I mean, I'm sure there's a way for everything and a reason, but like if it was yeah. in my mouth, I would want a screw retained crown, period and dot. I don't care where it is. Yeah. I, I would like, yeah, I think the way that we do it is we, you know, screw retain, put a pellet, cotton, pellet, cotton, cotton, pellet, cotton, pellet. <laughs> and then we, um, do a little bit of composite and light cured and yeah. they're out the door and it looks beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and we're way that. more anal about this stuff than the people are guys. And I don't know what happened in dentistry to where we got so particular, but like mm -hmm. at the end of the day, the patients truly care about how you make them feel. Not necessarily, right. oh man, look at that margin. Or wow, that yeah. custom staining is spot on. Like it just it's I love the little white frosted cusp that you did <laughs> and the fracture line in brown that you is that did. Is that a pear belly? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But we forget about that because we're so focused on the details. And I think it's our job as dental assistants to bring that dentist back into what really matters at the end of the day. Cause if that patient's there for six hours for you just tweaking mm -hmm. it to get it perfect, when they never said there was a complaint in the first place, you know, like we just, we're the people that are helping. Okay. Hey doc, they're happy with it. You know, right. You've got to understand there's got to be a middle ground between the patient and the doctor, because what's going to happen is it, it might be perfect. It might be absolutely fantastic. That number eight you did that you match the rest of the natural dentition but that patient's not coming right. back because you sat them in the chair for too long. You know, like you just, you never know what people's priorities are. And that's the thing with working with the public. Like you just, you never know. And so I think it's good as a good DA is like balancing that out. 
you know, mm-hmm. complimenting the dentist when they get just so close to being perfect and be like, oh, that looks great. Oh, Are we polishing now? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. they yeah. will pick. They will pick, especially, I see this a lot, Jules, and I'm sure you do too. If the patient has to go somewhere to get treatment done, like if mm-hmm. you have to refer them to the endodontist, like right. they're so paranoid that the specialist is going to see this work. They go above and beyond to make it, you know, immaculate and perfect and all this stuff. Like I always, I've seen that like throughout the years, like if they know somebody's about to look at what they just did, they go above right. and make it right. Oh my gosh. Well, and we're not like that. We can just be us. <laughs> I'm not saying substandard care by any means. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying no. know your audience. And sometimes yeah. we're pickier than the person who's buying the stuff. Oh, absolutely. And you have to absolutely. worry about, you know, wh- what's their takeaway at the end of the appointment? A, they may be super grateful. You're, you may be like the best in office in the whole world because you were so meticulous. Or B, mm-hmm. they feel like you didn't, ju- you didn't value their time. Right. And something Absolutely. that they didn't see as a problem, you pointed out and said it was a problem and then, you know, spent a lot of time on it. Yep. I have to agree. I have to agree wholeheartedly. We are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Every dental assistant out there is amazing. I think it's the doctor sometimes. <laughs> Oh, anything else up our alleys? What else is going on in the world of dentistry? Um, uh, I don't know. I was thinking a lot about it today, like virtual training. I know you'd mentioned that like a while ago. Mm-hmm. Like, how would that look? Like if I was, because I have a, a dental assistant, she's fairly new, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things with the soft skills, maybe with OSHA, like all the things that she doesn't necessarily know, like, is virtual training like a possibility for DAs that, you mm-hmm. know, are, are new, you know, cause like I, when I got out of school, I was still, I felt like I was treading water. Like, wouldn't right. it be cool if somebody was there and said, you know what, you have five calls this month with me, whatever happens this week that you need advice with or direction with, like, here's mm-hmm. like your, your, uh, what's it like a mentor or like a, you know, like dental hacks has like that whole section for mentors, right? It would be like that, but for dental assistants. Yeah. I mean, you definitely, I think, um, when I mean, I've done some mentoring, I've done some virtual stuff. It's really interesting because it's, they're just not watching videos, but they're actually getting interaction and feedback from you. Right. So it's, it's a little bit more difficult to work for um, or to work with, but it can be done where, you know, they load up their computer, you zoom in and you can see what they're doing and, and I can see, and they can see what I'm doing and you can walk them through it. So I think they really need some, you know, I always say dental assessing so hands-on and you need someone to walk you through it. I mean, I can watch videos or I can read magazine articles, but really it doesn't click until someone is side by side or saying, Oh my God, Rhonda, okay, now turn your hand like this or squeeze the extruder gun a little bit more or mix it to the left or the right. So when you're, you have that instant connection and that instant skill set right along the way as you go. So I think it's, I mean, it can be done. I think it, you know, definitely. And you're, you are her best mentor though, because you are right there. So I think when dental assistants get onboarded, and they're not onboarded properly, that's where they set up for failure. So like if you have a new dental assistant, 
just show her one new thing a week. Let her master it. Yeah. And then have her move it on the next. So start her in sterilization, you know, breaking down a room, doing all your sterilization. And once that feels like she could do it with her eyes closed, then move on to the next thing. That way they don't overwhelm them. And they do everything, you know, to a certain mm-hmm. percentage of what they were trained. Yeah. No, yeah. bite-sized chunks. But well, I would, the only reason I brought this up is because Amy Porterfield, do you know who that is? Mm-mm. Oh, you got to look her up. She's amazing. You guys, Amy Porterfield. Um, it's all like online stuff, but mm-hmm. she does virtual training and like teaches you how to train other people and whatever specialty you work in. And like this today, she was working with the lady who had an etiquette company, like okay. she hired by like the hospitality industry and mm-hmm. talk about etiquette, you know, like whoever right. trained Chick-fil-A, like she would be that girl, <laughs> uh, you know, okay. We're training Chick-fil-A. It's my pleasure. My um, pleasure. but she figured out how to do it online. You know, so that these people didn't have to come to the seminars or do stuff like that. Like she was able to do, you know, like hands-on training, like role-playing and stuff. I'm like, that would be so helpful in certain patient situations. You know, absolutely. your doctor walks in and looks at you like cross-eyed, like you got 15 eyeballs. Like, what did you say? Like, I would have killed to have somebody in my life as a mentor to walk me through it because it took a good couple of years for me to get my scripts down. Right. Cause at well, the and the, the scripting too, it's all the same stuff. It's just different yeah, they, people and slight right. variations. Right. And the best thing you can do, I think for scripts is listen to your doctor over and yep. over and over. But what and if you have a doctor it? like from that post earlier, that's not a good communicator. Like there's, mm. I know that there's a need. It's gotta be a good. Do you think? Yeah. Oh, there's definitely a need for it. There's definitely a need for, you know, people to get that more authentic, real world, uh, connection. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. You know, because then you have accountability and, you know, you want to make your mentor proud, you know, by showing off, you know, how -hmm. you would, you know, just role play. This is the script. And, and how did we do this week? And what hiccups did you find? Like, where did you stumble? Like, cause you know, post-op instructions are a very big deal and you cannot just print some out and give it to a patient. You have to connect with them on emotional level, especially like today when I had the patient get an extraction. I had to know the post-op instructions verbatim. And then I just used the printout as a secondary for whatever they forgot when they got home. Mm -hmm. And in the other way is, you know, you have to be invested in yourself too. Yeah you know, you just can't go through the motions. So, I mean, if you're a dental assistant now, just going through the motions, going to work to get a paycheck, either one, find a new office, because maybe that's what you need, or two, find a new career. Because you really should be embracing and loving everything you do. It shouldn't be like, oh, well, here's the post-stop instructions. I put them in your bag. You know what I mean? Have some dignity and have some motivation behind it. Courage. You know, if, if you've invested time and money into this career field, but you're not passionate about it, especially mm-hmm. in the healthcare field, you, you got to know when to pull the plug. Oh, yeah. that's like an analogy for healthcare. What? You know, like life support. You <laughs> <laughs> get time to pull the plug on your career. <laughs> but if you're listening to this podcast, clearly you're not the plug puller. You're not the plug, you're not the plug puller. You're not plug pulling <laughs> candidates because you're listening to a podcast. 
that's by dental assistants for dental assistants. <laughs> and yeah, that would make sense. Huh. Well, Miss Jules, this is amazing. all right. I hope you have a fabulous hump day. Well, hump day to everybody else out there. And uh, I can't wait to talk to you next week. All right. Peace out, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Midweek Jam with Rhonda and Jules. As always, if you guys need to get to hold of DA Rockstars, we have Facebook and Instagram, Jules Varney at Dental Assistance Rock, Instagram or the website or Facebook. And find your tribe. Dental Assistance Worldwide Group is a safe, vetted place for dental assistants where we're connecting and sharing our stories and learning together as a tribe. At the end of the day, we only hope for you that you are a better version of yourself tomorrow than you are today. And that starts by finding your people who are motivated to do better and be better. But until next week, keep on suctioning.